her power. The main fighting is focused on the eastern Donbass region, in particular the city of Severodonetsk. The FBI has arrested a Republican candidate for the post of Michigan governor on charges related to the insurrection at the Capitol building in Washington in January last year. Agents have been searching Ryan Kelly's home. He's facing four charges, including disorderly and disruptive conduct, knowingly entering or remaining in a restricted building illegally, as well as engaging in acts of physical violence. Ryan Kelly has previously denied entering the building. He's expected to appear in court later today. If convicted, he could get up to 10 years in prison. South Korea's President Yoon Suk-yeol says labor conflicts could, should be handled by law and principle as thousands of truckers continue to strike over high fuel costs. Mr. Yoon told reporters that the government should remain neutral and that he was not sure whether it was appropriate for authorities to get involved in labor con- conflicts. The United Nations Secretary-General has warned that the war in Ukraine threatens to unleash an unprecedented wave of hunger and destitution around the world. Antonio Guterres said its impact on food, security, energy and finance was severe and speeding up. He said Russia's offensive had to end to stop what he called the gathering storm. Higher energy costs and trade restrictions on the fertilizer supply from the Black Sea region have resulted in fertilizer prices rising even faster than food prices. If the war continues into the next planting season, the present crisis could extend to other basic foods, such as rice, that will affect billions more people. You're listening to the news on RTHK. morning, Hong Kong. I'm Andrew Work, and you are listening to Back Chat on RTHK Radio 3. Today is June 10th, and we turn to the mandatory Provident Fund system in Hong Kong after the Legislative Council passed a bill to abolish the MPF offsetting mechanism. The government's bill was supported by 72 members, but five voted against and 12 abstained, which is probably the biggest show of opposition yet in the new legislative environment. Many in Hong Kong don't even know that their employers can use the funds they have put into the departing employees MPF fund to pay for their long service payment that is mandated by the government. Often, employees are pretty shocked when they find out. The original idea behind the arrangement was to avoid having employers pay twice to to support employees' retirement. Officials expect the mechanism to be scrapped from 2025, meaning employers will no longer be allowed to use their contributions to the MPF accounts for redundancy and long service payments. The government has earmarked $33.2 billion to pay for extra costs incurred by employers for 25 years. So is this justice long overdue or is it a double dipping attack on SMEs and big business? We want to know what you think. You can leave us a message on our Facebook page. Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 2338-8266. And we've got great guests with us today, uh, starting with Francis Chung, who is the executive chairman of MPF Ratings Limited. Good morning, Francis. I can hear you, your, your background there. We're also joined by Alice Mack from the Federation of Trade Unions uh, and Lawmaker in LegCo. Good morning, Alice Mack. Good morning. Good morning. Um, We're going to kick off with an email here from James who says, I'm not an idiot. Uh, We're going to take your word for it, James. I'm sure it's true. Uh, But since it was introduced, I have found MPF bewildering. Uh, Very common. 
Now I should consolidate all my MPF scams as I plan to leave Hong Kong. But can anyone actually explain in a clear and coherent way what this legislative change means to a worker or someone leaving Hong Kong? Um, Alice Mack, what do these legislative changes mean to a worker in Hong Kong? Well, it's a, it means a lot to the employees because uh, under the current offsetting mechanism, when an employee retires or uh, being uh, uh, laid off by the, the employer, uh, the employer will pay the uh, a certain amount of uh, severance payment or long service payment to the employee. However, the uh, employer can take back from the um, MPF that they have contributed to the uh, employ- employers, uh, employees MPF. Um, so that means uh, the amount of uh, surveillance payment or loan service payment uh, got by the, received by the employee will be less than the, what the uh, legisl- uh, what the laws allows. allows. So one that's more... T- why, oh, yeah, so, so that's why mm. with uh, abolishing such uh, the offset mechanism, uh, the employees can get the, what they should get under the ordinance. So does that mean the long service payment they get right away is lower, or does it mean that they still get the payment, the, the lump sum payment, but it comes out of their MPF, so that at some day in the future they get less of the MPF? Uh, currently, they got the, the severance payment uh, minus the, the, the MPF that contributed by the employee, employer. That means it's less than what the uh, uh, law allows. Uh, but in the future, they will get more. Uh, they can get the because the employer can no longer offset the uh, uh, the the um, uh, the long service payment or severance payment with the MPF contribution. Okay, so they thought they were going to get a big check. I've heard this story a lot where people thought they were going to get a long term service payment, and then they they're like last day of work, and the boss comes in and says, "Here's your check," and they're like, "Why is it so small?" And they're like, "Oh, because of my MPF offset." And people are like, "What?" Because <laughs> they didn't, they didn't, they didn't even know about it. Um, but I think are, are people more aware of that now? Are they are they more excited about it? Yes, uh, you know, uh, in the very, um, with the introduction of the uh, MPF, many employees employees are not very familiar with such an uh, offset mechanism. Uh, mm. We have handled many cases that uh, some employees they are, you know, as you said, they just discovered that oh, they, they cannot get the whole amount of long service payment or severance payment because of the MPF uh, ma- offset mechanism mm-hmm. uh, the day that they are being laid off or uh, retired. So uh, with abolishing such a mechanism, uh, so the employees can get, as I said, they can get what the, or, that the law allows, that, uh, allows them to get. Gotcha. So we have an email from Richard who says, oh, sorry, this is from, I think, from our Facebook page. Uh, Richard says, scrapping the offsetting mechanism has been a long time coming. Unfortunately, it won't come into effect for another three years, which means employers can continue to dip into employee retirement funds. Why is this not happening immediately? I mean, I guess people seeing the news today would be like, oh, hey, great. But no, you've got three more years. Yes, that's very ridiculous. You know, we have also um, asked the government the same question. Why we have to wait till uh, 2025? Uh, the government's response is that they have to uh, build up a EM, EMPF uh, system. Uh, with such system, then they can they can easily calculate uh, the uh, int- uh, the 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 the, the, um, uh, the very complex uh, subsidy scheme. So um, we have also proposed to the government whether they will consider. Well, okay, 
Okay, everything the offsetting mechanism. Then you have to wait for the EMPS till two o two five. Then how about before two o two five? Can the um the government consider some kind of subsidy to the employees? That is without such uh EMPS system, can the government still compensate the employees? Because the law has already already been passed yesterday. So we think the effective date should be. Right. Okay. Uh, we also have with us, as I mentioned, Francis Chung. Uh, he's in our studios, and he's the executive chairman of MPF Ratings Limited. Uh, Francis, good morning. Good morning, Francis. What's what's your take on this? Like, wasn't this originally a deal done between government and the business community, saying you're already paying a long-term service payment, which I've never heard of. I don't think anywhere else in the world has an arrangement like this. And the business said. We're already paying that. Now you want us to pay MPF as well. We're paying twice. Uh, so then they said, okay, that's fair. We'll have the offsetting. But now the government's going back on the deal. What, what has changed such that the deal was made, but now they're undoing the deal? Yeah, look, it's a very good question. I think the first thing I'd just like to um, say is just to answer your, um, your listener's question as a departee. Um, this should not affect your listener as a departee, there are ways of accessing your MPF as a permanent departure. So uh, for that listener, uh, they can take comfort that this won't affect them. Okay. Um, with respect to the offsetting, yes, you're right, it's two decades and it's arguably two decades too long. Um, to compare MPF or the MPF system, which is effectively a second pillar uh, savings net, a retirement savings net for workers and the idea that um, somehow uh, long service is related to that is it, it's very hard to reconcile frankly uh, but I also understand and realise sort of two decades ago to actually get the system up and running was very topical at the time and it did need the the buy-in of both the um, employers and government and the people of Hong Kong. So to get it up and running, that's one thing. But to reconcile a retirement system, which is a safety net for the workers of your, you know, of your territory and long service, that is a disconnect. And to have it finally resolved, um, you know, arguably two decades, two decades too long. Yeah. Uh, so, the, you know, you write this, there was a deal, as you say, that was done between the government, uh, the employers and the people of Hong Kong. But, of course, the unions were a big part of that. Alice Mack is representing the uh, Federation of Trade Unions uh, in Hong Kong. I mean, Alice, uh, I know you've got to go soon, but did the unions do a deal saying, yes, we will accept this, knowing full well that they would start to campaign to undo that deal? Sorry. So what I'm asking is, would the unions agree to this offset at the time? Uh, when the MPF was brought in, but did you did the unions do that, knowing that they said yes, we'll agree to it today, and tomorrow we'll start trying to undo the deal, we'll start picking away at it, and now they've got their victory. Well, you know, um, in the uh, early uh, well, since the in- introduction of the MPF, uh, we are aware of such a certain mechanism, and our predecessors uh, they have already uh, moved an amendment uh, in the legislature. To urge to remove such an offset mechanism, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, but that's how, because of some uh, legal procedures, we are not allowed to propose such an, aman- an amendment. So the uh, the bill passed with such an offset mechanism. So so since then we all we we have 
been known for the um, uh, the establishing of such uh, uh, offsetting mechanism. And about the long service payment, I have to restate that uh, the long service payment in the ordinance has already very clearly stated that the employee uh, has to work for as the same employer for the period of time for five years. Then they are eligible to get that um, long service payment. The aim of this long service payment is to allow or to encourage an employee to work for the same uh, employer to maintain a very long term uh, relationship between employees and an employer. Mm. So I we, so you cannot say that oh, they have to pay double, you know, because the the target, the aim of the uh, long service payment is to encourage employee to work for the same employer for a long period of time so that they can maintain a long-term um, employer and employee relationship. Okay, so, but Alice, did the Federation of Trade Unions vote for the MPF bill when it was first brought in, including the offsetting mechanism? Uh, I have to check, yeah, but we, sh- we I, I remember some of our members voted reluctantly, but some of our members didn't vote. I have to check the, the, the voting record. I think that would be interesting. Fr- Francis, okay. the, the, on, in terms of the impact on business, Francis, uh, your MPF ratings, I, I mean, are you rating the funds or are you rating companies? Or maybe, maybe you've made or explained to people quickly what that is. Yeah, MPF ratings is an independent provider of research views and opinions on, on MPF matters. Um, we're not a broker, so we don't receive commissions from any MPF schemes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we rate schemes and we publish their schemes, whether this, uh, they, they want that published or not. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of our business is to try and lift standards um, within the MPF system. But that's not um, – lifting of standards is not just the onus of the MPF schemes. It's also – uh, the system and the functioning of the system and the efficiency of the system. And so offsetting is something that um, we have a fairly firm view on. Um, so it, w- with regards to who it ultimately affects, I mean, look, I, as I said earlier, and I, I think um, Alice was far more eloquent in the way that she described it, mm. I mean, the idea of reconciling long service with MPF contributions, one being sort of a safety net for retirement, mm-hmm. and the other one, um, as Alice quite rightly points out, is effectively a, an employee benefit for longevity and loyalty, mm-hmm. they don't reconcile. So, you know, it's 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 not a double dip. They are two very separate um, aspects of financial welfare that somehow got commingled together. It became a bit of a political and economic Frankenstein with these two things bolted together. Huh? Uh, nice, nice uh, metaphor. <laughs> Thank you. So you're rating the MPFs. How is this going to affect the MPFs themselves? Does it mean more? And, and now we've got this government subsidy coming in. Uh, I mean, is just more money going to stay in the system? Well, look, you know, frankly speaking, I would hope that more money does stay in the system because ultimately, you know, the the system, whether you whatever view you have, is there to provide Hong Kong's four and a half million or Hong Kong's four and a half million members and two point six um, active workers with um, uh, a better future in uh, you know post-employment so if more money stays in the system and allows and is well diversified and invested for the long term ultimately that pot of money will grow 
and as as that pot grows, wealth grows, and hopefully provides a um, more sustainable retirement future. For I mean, the it's, members. it's also a fantastic money spinner for the companies that are offering the MPFs, and I mean, everybody's still on about trying to get the fees down. Yes. Well, you, you know, uh, fees for us, uh, it's it's look, it, it's a it, it's a it's a chestnut that's sort of brought out sort of. F- regularly fees have come down over time mm. yes fund managers do benefit from managing money but whether that's within the mpf system or outside the system um, that's what they're paid to do mm. but there has been pressure on fees fees have progressively come down i think the introduction of the default investment strategies where fees are capped at 95 basis points that's put a a, um, a floor Oh, sorry, a ceiling on fees. Um, and, um, you know, actually since then, we've monitored that there has been very few discussions on fees ever since DIS was introduced and that fee cap was put in place. So improve, improvement is is uh, is happening. Um, the government uh, has put aside $33 billion to pay for extra costs incurred by employers for 25 years. Can you explain to us how that works? What, what is that all about? Yeah, I think... The, the, I mean, this this goes back to what um, Alice was saying about um, you know the, the the question as to why it can't be implemented immediately, um, as opposed to wait to twenty twenty five to coincide with the introduction of EMPF. So the whole idea is again, um, I think employers feel like this is a, a cost or uh, to their business, and somehow that cost needs to be mitigated and. That's why I think the government has offered this olive branch of um, that $33 billion worth of subsidies over time to help sort of make that transition. Um, it's they, they don't feel it. it. It is going to cost them, yes? It's not a feeling. Well... It is going to cost them more, whether they're a big business or, or a small business. You know, it's a cost to business, but at, at the end of the day, it's a cost that we would argue should never have been there in the first place yeah. because... Um, this was something that was co-opted two decades ago to get the system up and running. Sure. And arguably, it's it's better to have a retirement system in place than no system in place. But it's taken us this much time and this much cost to now unwind what arguably should not have been in place in the first place. Gotcha, gotcha. We've got another viewpoint coming now from Sunny Tan, who is a lawmaker representing the textiles and garment industry uh, sector, and he is the executive deputy chairman of the Federation of Hong Kong Industries, who I believe issued a press release yesterday saying they were not happy. Uh, Sunny Tan, can you give us the take from the FHKI? Uh, um, yes, thank you. Um, good morning, everyone. Um, I will say this for the uh, MPF, the scheme to start with back in 2000, uh, year 2000. Um, when, we, um, on, <clears throat> when we tried to agree to it, um, the offsetting was an essential element part of the entire scheme because we do not want um, the employees to double dip on the two um, um, fundings, uh, meaning the long service payment and severance payment. That was how it was being structured at the beginning. But then uh, over the years, for some reason, the government seems that they forgot that that was the kind of promise and agreement that we had. And at the same time, um, in the community, um, there are cases where people kept in um, demonized um, us as the employer, saying that we are trying to take away their money through the offsetting. That was not the intent. So we were very disappointed with the situation. Yeah, I mean, I've got an email that I just got in from Vic K, uh, who says, uh, Dear Backchat, before it 
before, I guess before the MPF, if you're eligible for long service payment, you get paid when you leave the job. Present, if you're eligible for long service payment, you get paid when you leave the job. Employer will take funds that they contributed to your MPF account to the extent the law allows. He says in the future, if you are eligible for the long service payment, you get paid when you leave the job. Employers cannot raid your MPF account. What nobody highlights is a guaranteed income to various MPF service providers who cannot be held responsible for losing your entire savings. Uh, well, Vic, we did highlight the income to MPF service providers, so maybe you were still typing when we were getting to that. Uh, but you can tell from the language that he uses. He says, Vic says, employers cannot raid your MPF account. The FCMP uses the same language in their article about it yesterday. Um, you know, people kind of have this, but this is a legal arrangement that was agreed on, but people still have this sense of like somehow something's being taken away from them. Um, I, I feel very um, disappointed with um, how um, the general perception has been formed. Because as I said, if we go back to um, electrical documents, how it was being structured, um, offsetting was an essential part, as I said. Um, but then um, I think it is important that we know what is the reality. And we are not happy with it. We're disappointed. Uh, but the law passed. So now it's how we're going to face the future. Yeah, I mean, I- like I think like previous um, uh, speaker says that um, the structure was not good for Hong Kong. Mm. It should not have been implemented in the first place. It should be other arrangements. Right. Uh, I have, Of course, I have to ask, Sunny. I'm, I'm sure Alice Mack, who was on earlier in the show, I'm sure she voted for the movement. Uh, five legislators voted against, 12 abstained. Where Where were you on this? Oh, I, I voted against. You no. were one of the five. Okay, gotcha. Yes. gotcha. It would have been great to have you both on together. Uh, maybe next time. So uh, one of the questions I have is... um. So the, the, there's, I asked uh, earlier with, with Francis Chung, who you're on with uh, from MPF Ratings, I asked about uh, the impact on companies, but it sounds like they're going to be getting a subsidy for a few years to plug the hole, as it were. Yes, um, the, the effect is not an immediate effect, but the effect is a long-term effect. Right. Um, what happened is the government is subsidizing the scheme so that the offsetting won't impact us and it will be uh, a gradual reduction of subsidy. The problem is, effectively, by the time that the subsidy goes away, employer will be facing a higher operating cost and labor cost and associated um, benefits, right? Mm -hmm. So, supposedly, um, the compensation should be self-adjust through the supply and demand. And also, the government will be using other... Um, benefits or some kind of protection, let's say minimum wage, to help the ones in need. Right. But then what happened is the government is artificially implemented additional operating expenses to employers. And not only that it will become a more difficult environment for us, at the same time, it is adding on additional burden for our youngsters who wants to start up their own company. Sure. Because it means that Hong Kong will be relatively less competitive. Yeah, and I mean, what is the impact on balance sheets? Uh, I mean, and obviously, if, if there's no impact, because first of all, it's not going to happen for three years, and then there's going to be the subsidy, but after that, we're like really looking for out, is this going to impact on uh, companies' balance sheets because they're going to have liabilities? And I mean, for a small company, one or two people, not such a big deal, but if you're a big company and you find you've got 20,000 people, bam, who qualify for the long-term service payment, you don't have an offset. Is, is that yes, going to be a yes, drain uh, on your balance sheet? Yes, I would say that um, for bigger companies, I suppose their balance sheet would be much stronger. But then when we come to uh, small, medium-sized SMEs, 
but the SMCE sometimes they also hire a lot of people, 10, yep. 20 people, right? Let's say a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Then um, if if they need, really need to pay those long service payment, um, I suppose it will not be provisioned, provided on the balance sheet to begin with. Right. So they have to pull out money from their own pocket or Got they it. might have not have money to pay for it. Fra- Francis, you've got, uh, let, let me know what you're thinking. Yeah, look, again, this goes back to what I was saying earlier. <laughs> I think the the issue of long service and a retirement savings net um, are being mixed up here. They are two completely separate issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anything, if as an employer, if I've had to pay, if I have to pay out long service to my staff, frankly speaking, I would see I would see that as a positive. I would welcome that because ultimately, I've had loyal staff that have contributed positively to my business. Um, because if they didn't, they wouldn't be there to actually earn their long service because sure. you've got to be there for at least five years. So that's an emotive argument. Mm-hmm. But the, the idea that we are double dipping in inverted commas right. into MPF to pay long service is, frankly speaking, an, an almost an unconscionable um, description because what you are saying is we are going to dip into a retirement saving system that is that was constructed to protect the retirement future of the people of Hong Kong to pay long serve to re- reward li- loyalty yeah yeah so so, so sh- how, how how can how can you dip into the, into a retirement system to reward loyalty yeah messy messy politics made that happen i mean but so if they're going to be completely divorced should we hong kong look around the world and say no other country has a long-term service payment. Uh, you know, you get a gold watch or whatever. If the company decides to reward you, should they just get rid of the long-term service payment now? Is, it, is that what the business community should be should be working towards? Look, I, I, I personally don't. I, actually, I, I, I know one country that does pay long service, uh, which, which is which one? Australia. Okay. Uh, so, um, okay. Um, so, but again, you know, it's it's a reward for loyalty, not necessarily just longevity, right? Like. Companies benefit from retaining staff. Mm. Um, you have loyal staff that work for a business that ultimately contributes to the the profitability of that business. But does it have to be government mandated? I mean, could companies make that decision? And, and are, if you've got a so-so employee at four and a half years, you're like, well, maybe I better get rid of this guy before I incur this liability. He's not that well, good. No, well, well, that's exactly right. I mean, the, I mean, again, no system is perfect. And, um, you know, it's it, it sort of takes me out of my realm of expertise when we talk about legislation. But, mm. you know, if you are running things to the letter of the law, you you know, people are going to look at gaming the system. Sure. Um, and the idea that, oh, we're coming up to five years of long service, uh, what do we do here? But this so-so employee is not really that great. Got it. Well, thank you very much, Francis. We're at the top of the hour. I'd like to thank uh, Francis Chung, Executive Chairman, MPF Ratings, for coming out. Also, thank you to Sonny Tan, lawmaker from Textiles and Garment and Executive Deputy Chairman of the Federation of Hong Kong Industries, for giving us uh, their opinions today. Thanks to our listeners uh, who called in and sent their emails. One last one from Rick. Uh, biggest issue is lack of choice. We've just taken a general pot shot at the MPF. We need low, global, low-cost, highly diversified passive fund options. The evidence is there for all to see. Active management fails to deliver too much vested interest, says Rick.
All right. And thanks to all our listeners and those that called, sent an email, hit our Facebook page. We do appreciate it. Thank you to our producer, Yuki Tsong, and my splendid sound man, Andy. Make sure you tune in Monday for more COVID talk with the Umbrella Kings of Backchat, Jim Gould and James Auckenden, filling in for Mike Rouse. Um, on another note, I'm out of town and then in quarantine jail until uh, early July, but please keep listening and calling. And someone tell the one listener who turned out thinking I was a loud American that it's safe to get back into the back chat pool.